Genre. And welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story. I'm Joe Dorowski, and this week we're not talking about a great character in a great story because it is our Christmas special for 2022. And that means joining us is returning Protagonist Podcast co-founder, Todd Mack. Welcome back, Todd. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Our seventh annual (laughs) Christmas special. That's amazing. And uh, as always, producer Andrew will be judging this competition. Yep. So welcome, Andrew. I am. I'm all set for this. I, I, I did my part of the job, which was finding these titles for you. <laughs> for any listeners for whom this is your first Christmas special, which I can't imagine is very many of you. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we found a new audience. Uh, the way our Christmas specials work is that Andrew sends Todd and me a list of movie titles for Christmas movies that we have never seen and most likely never heard of. And then Todd and I each write a plot solely inspired by the wordsmithing that has occurred in creating these titles. <laughs> and then Andrew will tell us which one he would like to green light to be produced, but he will also reveal the original plot because all of these are actual things that exist in the world, the, the you know, stories with these titles. So, uh, I, I think on like one time ever in playing this game, Andrew chose the original plot <laughs> over what Todd and I gave him. But generally, it's Todd or I are going to get a point after each round. One time that resulted in a tie. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I've, I've never gone back and listened to the results. And I do not know like where we stand. I, I think for next year, I will try and go find out. Okay. Uh, like our, our total point tallies and, and who's won what. I'm pretty sure I'm winning. I think I think Todd's well, I suspect Todd's winning the games in general. I don't know if he's winning this specific one. And I know that he's not winning the box office history because Joseph has demolished that game (laughs) year over year. That is my wheelhouse. It's never even been close. (laughs) Yeah, we I stopped playing that game a while ago. Um, So Um, I think, yeah, I'm not sure on the Christmas ones in particular, if it's particularly one sided. But I think that they've all been really close. It's usually it usually comes down to the last film, which is certainly not any act of the judging commission for <laughs> dramatic tension. Uh, um, so Todd, how, I want how you, guys are you to... feeling. Well, I was going to say, Todd, how are you feeling about this year? Like, what's your confidence meter set at as far as like. Do you think you're going to win? Just, I have, just straight up win, not not how how well you're going to do overall, but like, are you going to win the competition? I have never gone into one of these with any expectation that I will win. I'm not generally a pessimistic person, um, but so here's the deal: I know that I cannot compete with you in the name game, and I cannot compete with you in the pun game. Uh, occasionally, um, the judge may allow himself, I feel, to be carried away by the pun game and the name game and forget that at its heart, this is a story game. Uh, Todd, uh, Todd, you got to know your audience. <laughs> this is about knowing your audience. I know. Uh, and there are, I have a few uh, tendencies in these competitions that I refuse to let go, even though I know that they won't play well with the judges. I mean, um, to be fair, you both have some tendencies. Uh, Todd, <laughs> far more likely to create a retrospective documentary narrated, narrated by Morgan Freeman. Joe, <laughs> almost guaranteed to write one of his summaries in the form of a, like, 20 years later assessment of some sort of rankin bass <laughs> non-existent feature yeah with, I'm with historical... out, I even read the summary yet okay <laughs> you do it every year <laughs> but todd also is the one who always like gives us the comedy that makes us bust up and contributes to the extended outtake yeah, at the end of the episode, yeah, there is a, a, often a, the the cut scene where we we lost it and it was not good audio. 
And that's usually Todd giving us the the deep comedy. Mm-hmm. I, I think Joe's had his, his fair share, but I'm interested to see how this goes. I do have a few that I actually really like. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so I hope that they win, but that's uh-huh. not always how it works. Sometimes oh, uh, yeah. a winner is what I would feel like, oh boy, this is just going to be a dud. And then and it I, wins. And one that I really like, it turns out that Joe whips out the... Uh, the custom Mary, and then <laughs> that was so like, That's like from the first year. I know. I went and looked it just, up. It was like a three sentence summary. Like that's all we get. I know. Well, and the and but the it, other thing is that true. the the other thing is that sometimes I I will come up with uh, like the mistletoe promise, which is an amazing story that people still remember, and yet it doesn't I, win somehow. I don't know what beat the mistletoe <laughs> promise, but I suspect it was a bad call. And it that's one of those things like how the Oscars should should do a best picture 10 years later. Yeah, <laughs> because your mistletoe promise is fantastic. And I and I really want to see it. I can't remember what Joseph wrote for it. And there's no way it's it's better. OK, so all of that is to say I have no idea how this is going to turn out. I'm uh, uh, that's why we play the game. I tell my kids all the time, like, Dad, there's no way that blah, 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 we'll win this game because of blah, blah, blah. And I say, listen. That's why they play the game, because every once in a while, something unexpected happens. Oh, dear. So, I just found out my, my mistletoe promise plot summary begins with the name Douglas Arbol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I I have not gone back and listened to every Christmas episode that we've done. I mean, you're I, here when we do it, and you also edit it, so you get yes. you get a double dunk every year. But I but I think it might be good to to go back and and review and like maybe next year I do like a, a judge's assessment. You know, what have I learned from years of refereeing, and how would I change my calls? Um, and do some like highlight some reversals that I'd like to make. Um, I I also wonder if there's any listeners who every year go back through all of them. And I mean, it's. it's Seven years. It's, it's about, a lot it, of material now. It's about fifty movie plots. Never mind yeah. the fact. Well, it'd be a hundred because it's seven Eight. each year from mm. each of you. So that would be a hundred movie plots that you have generated. Yeah. Give or and take. I'll tell you, there has been some gold. There's been some dross, <laughs> but there's been a lot of gold. There's been a lot of gold over the years. Yeah, there's a few that were like, oh, I, I think I kind of stuck the landing on that. Yeah. Uh, I, I often come flying in with like absurd unearned bravura when I'm, I, you know, at, at the top of these episodes uh, in, in my predictions about how things are going to go. And I've got to say, this year I would not be surprised if there's a clean sweep. I just don't know which side I would be on. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you know, there's three sides to every one of these games. Yes. <laughs> so uh, the odds are... <laughs> All right, um, let's let's can, do this. So right, one uh, one last thing, uh, we we always like. So for the last several years, I have chosen exclusively from movies coming out this holiday season. So in the early days, we were just doing it from anything, which is which was great because that's how we got you know danger in the manger, uh, <laughs> or, or the custom Mary, or the custom Mary. Right, those were historical picks. Lately, I have been picking just from the about a hundred or so movies that are coming out every year between lifetime and hallmark and netflix and a variety of other things consistently we actually don't actually we, we really don't end up with much hallmark mm-hmm. <laughs> we end up with a lot more lifetime this year's fun we got cbs in on the game oh it's a new player so a, a real big network <laughs> has tried to squeeze into this uh and i do want to offer one honorable mention the the movie that was like the next closest to making the cut this year was three wise men and a baby <laughs> and you guys just don't have that one to work with this time i mean you can, you can, you can always throw it out next year you do you're not locked in on doing uh same year titles yes but there's so many that come out <laughs> the same year and and but i next like looking... year is there going to be a a, a three wise men and a baby i, I don't know i don't know oh, i don't know but I love looking through the new ones each year to see, because I mean, like they are trying really hard to not duplicate titles and it's getting harder and harder over time (laughs) when, when there's this many coming out on a regular basis. But then also I like the process of looking through the summaries 
and seeing some sort of absurdity like a few years ago when I found the description of a person as a cartographer of school maps who needed to make a map of the North Pole. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. That was amazing. Ma- maps and mistletoe. It's like a cartographer of school maps. Like, do they draw the district boundaries? Like, what do they do? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of fun to be had in this. I think I have more fun doing this game than I would have watching most, if not all of these movies personally. <laughs> I, this is something I, I, I look forward to every year. Uh, so Andrew, traditionally you, you toss a random object and whoever mm-hmm. wins the toss gets to choose the first plot. Do you want to uh, give us our ceremonial festive yes. toss? Uh, it's my wife's coin purse. Okay. I Todd. didn't determine who is um, the Todd. Why don't you pick um, it decorative side or non-decorative side? Decorative side. Decorative side face down. Therefore, Joseph gets to make the selection. Okay. Or uh, he can choose to defer. Oh, you know what? Just for fun. I'm going to defer. Todd, you're up. Just just to mix things up. Uh, you know, right. We're entering a uh, timeline right now. Okay. If I had chosen first. Um. <laughs> All right, we'll just start at the top. This is single and ready to jingle. <laughs> this is the story of how James Lord Pierpont wrote the lyrics to the beloved holiday anthem, Jingle Bells. It tells of how the shy but poetic and musically gifted James falls madly in love with the effervescent Fanny Bright. The trouble is, Fanny is already in like with the popular but merciless Cole Wasselman, who takes advantage of every opportunity he can get to tease James. But when James's wingman Nicholas dares him to ask Fanny on a date in a one-horse open sleigh, the two have an adventure that ends not just in getting upsot, but also in love, poetry, and the most popular Christmas song ever. Cole Wasselman is a stellar Christmas name. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that one's really, really good. Uh, I just wanted to call that out. Great name. Okay, well, I, I am not good. I'm reading this word for word. What I had written. <laughs> Please Harry, do. Harry Wassel. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Wassel is tired of living alone. Uh, uh, let's see. I'm reading the right one, right? It's single and ready to jingle. I just yeah, saw yes. the panic. But I have the wrong. <laughs> yeah, we're on single and ready to jingle. Okay, single and ready to jingle. Yes, Harry Wassel is tired of living alone. He's tired of feeling alone. He's ready to join Saint Nick of Time, an online dating service for people who want holiday dates to take home for the holidays. <laughs> Harry works as an insurance adjuster in the Great Minneapolis Metroplex of Wisconsin. Oh, and he's the last surviving North American Yeti but he's adopted a modern lifestyle on the app. Users can select snow. Thank you by swiping left or let's jingle by swiping right <laughs> after a first casual meetup in a public place. Users can rate how the date went. If one of them selects, Oh dear, I don't think we should see myrrh of each other. The app prevents future communication, <laughs> but if both users select, I felt some chemistry between us, then another date can be set up. Sadly, Harry, though he swipes it right. He's struggling to find a match until Snowy Kane, the last Western Sasquatch, also swipes right on him. Wow. Okay, so he was he was a Yeti? Yeah, just living okay. life as a person, just a hairy person. I, I couldn't remember if he was a Yeti or a Bigfoot. He's initially. a Yeti. She's a Western Sasquatch. Gotcha. So he's Canadian Yeti. I mean, yeah, there's a lot to overcome that's, uh, cultural, culture-wise, culture clash happening with a Canadian I mean, that's Yeti. also not where he, Yeti... I know. I, oh, I, I, look, I, I had written down the phrase Greater Minneapolis Metroplex, and I had to stick with it, okay? You were committed at that point. Yes, what's on the paper? There's very little editing to, to these, these plots. Are, these are single draft <laughs> pitches. All right, do I, do I pick or do I read? Uh, read. Yeah, read the original okay. plot. So in this case, I have actually acquired multiple plots so that we could, you know, really flesh these out as needed. Um, I have the original, like from the site where there were lists that I was choosing from 
which is yeah. just a one sentence for each of these. And then I've also in, uh, gone to like their actual media website and the IMDb option. So we've got some. <laughs> so you're telling me that somewhere there are like at this point thousands of of websites dedicated to one Christmas special that that website has probably never been visited again. <laughs> you know, like it's just... possible. <laughs> Except for today. Yeah. Uh, it's got at least, at least two hits. It's when I found it and when I opened it up today. Uh, this is from tvinsider.com. So single and ready to jingle. Emma, who had a great year, decides on a vacation and books a flight to St. John. That's it. What? <laughs> TV Insider. <laughs> Which is why I had to find the additional ones. <laughs> All right. So uh, here is the IMDb, which is a little longer, but not super long. So I'll, I'll go ahead with that one. Uh, Emma Warner, a, an SVP of a toy company, spends 12 months a year focusing on Christmas, leaving no time for dating. This year, she plans a trip to a tropical singles resort, but a booking mistake takes her to a Christmas-obsessed town. Okay. okay. Much right. m- much more to that, right? I, I, to me, that plot does not match the title, Single and Ready to Jingle. Well, it's a singles resort, you know. Okay. But, but she Christmas. doesn't go to the singles resort. She goes, she to, goes the... to the holiday-obsessed town. Well, no. but her... I don't know. Why am I defending this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have skin on this game. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. And then here's the uh, official mylifetime.com about the movie. Emma Warner feels like she lives Christmas year round. As the SVP of a successful toy company in Chicago, she spends 12 months a year focusing on Christmas, leaving no time for dating or much of anything else. By the time the actual holiday rolls around, she has had enough. She asks her assistant and friend Lucy to find a tropical singles resort somewhere she can find a guy and not think of Christmas. But due to a booking mix-up, Emma ends up in her worst nightmare, a town devoted to everything Christmas. Will Emma be able to find her joy? Um, I'm going to guess yes. That's yes. Just my, 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 my prediction. Probably in the, in, in the guise of a guy. The, uh, I thought you were going to say, probably in the final act. <laughs> the uh, Well, the image on TV Insider does show her about to kiss somebody. So, Oh, okay. Well, seems okay. seems promising. Yeah. He's a mechanic or a... Uh... Hey, hey, let's not start throwing these out, okay? We might need to <laughs> you might need back the, to this You later. might need that later. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, this round goes to Todd. All right. Uh, a point. Okay. One point for Todd. One all right. I'm going to have us do Fit for Christmas. <laughs> this is the title. I really debated on this title because it's sound. And I don't know if either of you have gone this way, but it sounded like it wasn't going to be a movie. It sounded like it was going to be like a workout special of how to like drop five pounds before the holidays. I mean, OK, some of these titles, I was worried that there was no way Todd and I would come up with a different plot. <laughs> Because yeah. a few of these felt very guided. But this yes. one, it, it is, in fact, a movie. It is not a fitness television special. Okay. Okay. All right. Angela and Angel Bell have always loved Christmas more than any other time of the year. For 15 years, they're going to love this time of year, too. But this year, Gossamer Bell has declared she is not fit for Christmas She's only fit for Halloween. She's gone goth. Pale makeup, <laughs> dark eyeshadow, dyeing her hair black, monochrome clothes, green and red are out, black and white are in. At first, Angela and Angel don't know what to make of this. They love lights and ornaments and festive music. But then Angela remembers that there is a long tradition of ghost stories at Christmas and not just Dickens' Christmas tarot. After Angela mentions this, Angel does a little research and comes across a Smithsonian article titled A Plea to Resurrect Christmas Tradition of the Christmas Tradition of Telling Ghost Stories. That has a little quote from Jerome K. Jerome from 1891 that says, Whenever five or six English speaking people meet around a fire on Christmas Eve, they start telling each other ghost stories. Nothing satisfies us on Christmas Eve but to hear each other tell authentic anecdotes about specters. If Gossamer does not feel fit for for their Christmas of Hallmark movies and Bing Crosby, they will make a Christmas fit for her. The Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack, old black and white Christmas themed episodes of Twilight Zone and The Addams Family. Uh, the decor will borrow some of their Halloween flavor as they settle in to read Dickens and Irving and James as a family. Hmm. Okay. 
I feel like that was targeted at me personally. Uh, because Joseph, you are the one who reported to me last year that my four-year-old daughter at the time four, now five had told you her favorite Christmas song was this is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, know your audience. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. All right. Fit for Christmas. Bo looks forward to Christmas every year because every year his parents and their best friends from college bring all of their families together for a special holiday meal. Bo is madly in love with his parents' friend's daughter, Jackie Frost, but he never has the guts to tell her. You see, Bo is kind of a dork. He lives in his parents' basement and plays World of Warcraft all day while eating massive amounts of potato chips and drinking Mountain Dew by the gallon. Jackie, on the other hand, attends community college and has dreams of someday starring as a model in fitness equipment commercials. Her body is her life. Then, on Christmas Eve, during one of these massive Christmas get-togethers, and in a moment of pure insanity, Bo confesses his feelings for Jackie at the party. But she turns him down flat, letting him know that she's just not into guys who don't work out. Bloodied, but not unbowed, Bo decides to win Jackie's heart by becoming ultra-fit by next Christmas. He signs up for a Christmas Day marathon, cuts out the junk food, and starts to hit the road. By the time Christmas rolls around, Bo is looking better than ever but he's also changed on the inside. Now he might actually have a chance with Jackie, but is that what he really wants anymore? I think a gallon of Mountain Dew would kill me. <laughs> I'm sure it would kill me. What about multiple gallons, Andrew? <laughs> Did you know they make a holiday-themed gingerbread flavor of Mountain Dew? I, I, I know this. I no idea. Uh, because my 13 year old daughter likes to sample the random flavors of Mountain Dew. I happen to have a 12 pack of that one in my closet for her <laughs> birthday because I saw that one. I'm like, there's never been a more random flavor of Mountain Dew. And I, her birthday's in December. So <laughs> my main awareness of, of the random flavors of Mountain Dew is thanks to Indiana Jones minute, the podcast, because one of the hosts sometimes posts videos of him sampling random flavors of Mountain Dew <laughs> in the, in the listener group for it. <laughs> That's a weirdly specific reason to to be aware of that sort of stuff. Um, the other thing I wanted to say about Todd's is, uh, well, I, I'll save it for for final votes, I guess. Yeah, right after you reveal that I've won, you can <laughs> give him his critique. So, fit for Christmas is is courtesy of CBS, and the CBS website has the shortest synopsis of it. So, I'm going to start with that one and, and work up from there. So, fit for Christmas, according to CBS website. A Christmas-obsessed fitness instructor falls for a mysterious businessman, complicating his plans to turn her community center into a resort. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Then we have the TV insider. When a Christmas-obsessed fitness instructor begins a holiday romance with a mysterious businessman, their new relationship complicates his plans to turn a beleaguered community center into a financially profitable resort. So, basically, just a real punch of a, of the same sentence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not, not not a lot of new information. <laughs> uh, but somebody at TV Insider must have had the chance to like see the movie. Uh, must so. have. <clears throat> and then we have, huh. The IMDb synopsis, which there's, I mean, there's two, there's the storyline synopsis, which is the longer one. And then there's the like tagline brief one, uh, follows. So fit for Christmas follows Audrey, an enthusiastic Christmas obsessed fitness instructor who begins a holiday romance with a charming, mysterious businessman. What? That's not even the same movie. I mean, fitness instructor, mysterious businessman. They okay. just uh, leave out the resort and the the community center. Okay, all right, all right. Then we have the so mysterious about this man. I don't know. Also, there's two men on the poster, and I'm not sure which one's the mysterious businessman because there's one in a turtleneck and he's young, like the the woman on the poster, and then there's an older one in a business suit. Weird. And so I don't know who's who in this, and I ha there's no indication why there should be a third guy. But third, you're not intrigued. Character. You're not intrigued to 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 want to watch this over. Let's pick that well, one over my my plan. Well, hang on. Let me read the storyline. <laughs> this is the longer one. Oh How many of these did you find? This is gonna this take is a also, while. This one's also on IMDb. <laughs> okay. Just before Christmas, Audrey Parker heads back to her small hometown of Mistletoe, Montana. Her future 
her future uncertain. Her boutique fitness center in New York City went under and being unable to compete with the corporate chains and her business and personal partner, Bradley, uh, the two who had always talked about getting married, has suggested they take a break both professionally and personally to regroup. Her fallback of teaching classes at the dance studio at Mistletoe's Recreation Center, where her long-deceased mother taught and gave her a sense of the joy of movement, may what? also be in jeopardy when she finds out from her father, Earl Parker, the town mayor, and her married friend. I can't read this anymore. Yeah, okay. say, yeah a, that's a, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've got enough, uh, enough flavor. I don't think that was the pick. Right, Andrew? You're not going with the original? Uh, no, 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 no. This one's going to go to uh, Joseph. Um. Uh, Todd, I'm just concerned about the message going on with yours about, you know, changing well, uh, for a romantic partner he, in he such a dramatic just way. He had amb- ambiguity at the end, though, to say it wasn't fully, you know, the... Uh, you no, know, the point it. is that he gets to the end and he's like, now I've done this whole... I've yeah. I've, I've changed, but now I'm not really interested. Jackie She's, Frost. Jackie Frost is nothing. Yeah, He's overcome, you know, real challenges in his life and he's feeling like, you know... Way mm-hmm. better about things. He doesn't need her. That's yeah, what I was trying to say. I, yeah, but that was all subtext, and Andrew knew that in the text, and it's too bad it wasn't there. Okay, moving wow. on before <laughs> any okay. any votes can change here. <laughs> so it's one one apiece, and Todd gets the pick. Um. Okay, I'm gonna do well suited for Christmas. When when I saw fit okay. for Christmas and <gasps> well suited for Christmas, I thought yeah. these mm-hmm. must be like. Thought. Yeah. Uh, so it took me a minute, but then I, f- I found my groove. <clears throat> there are people who make Santa suits. <laughs> <clears throat> there are people who make Santa suits, and then there are ones who make Santa's suits. For the past 200 years, that person has been the elf Gloria chocolate sickle. But Gloria's time is coming to an end. And someone new must take the reins. As you've certainly guessed by now, the best and really only way to do this is through a reality-style competition that will give one lucky North Pole elf the chance to be Santa's and Mrs. Claus's next couturier. It's what would happen if Project Runway and the Great British Baking Show holiday special had a baby, and that baby was a sassy elf. After a rigorous few initial rounds, the final contestants are Fudge Jingleberry, known for his excellent bell work, Licorice Fairy Fig, nobody make nobody makes Santa's clothes smell quite as good. Treacle Tart Chocolate Toes, makes the best boots and slippers in the world. Nutmeg, Nutmeg Star Socks, it's obvious where her specialty lies. Mitten Holly Sparkles, again obvious. And lastly, Sixpence Mulling Fluff, who doesn't have the pedigree or experience of the other contestants, but who creates with whimsy and grace. With a setup like this, you better believe that before it's over, more than one elf will have found themselves on the naughty list. But who will ultimately win? Joseph, uh, what what do you have? <laughs> I'm going to read word for word what I have written here. <laughs> I assume that means not reading word for word what Todd has written. <laughs> no, but listeners <laughs> might be confused. <laughs> oh, shoot. I'm, I'm not. <sighs> I was going to say, when we got to this one, I was going to say, I'm not proud of some of the names I've made up, but, <laughs> <laughs> but now it's just, obviously something about the name well suited for Christmas led Todd and I to a very similar field and <laughs> listeners will decide how fertile that field was or fell. <laughs> All right. The world has agreed that Santa's look and style is a little outdated. The natural way to fix this in 2022 is a reality competition, you know, like the Great British Baking <laughs> Show <laughs> meets Project Runway. Now, I think Todd had said Project Runway first and then British Baking Show second. Yeah, Did you yeah. say British Baking Show? I was laughing. Yeah, you know, like the Great British Baking Show meets Project Runway. That is oh what I wrote gosh. in this summary. <laughs> Hosted by Blitz and Cider Dash and Buddy Frostybeard. And judged by the legendary Figgy Pudding Cap. Um, <laughs> the, the show will appear on everyone's favorite holiday streamer, Cineholoflix Access Plus. This oh, this a- access got added. <laughs> well, I, I, I had just written down Cineholoflix Plus, but then I went back and looked at my notes, and at, at some point there was an Access Plus. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. 
uh, in, in a previous season. Okay. Hosted on Cineholiflix Access Plus, this four-episode series sees a group of six designers making new looks for elves, Mrs. Claus, the reindeer, and finally the big man himself. Each episode, one contestant is eliminated until the final three remain. Will the winner be Holly Toffeebox with her cutting-edge avant-garde style or Chip Pointy Toes with his minimalist reimagining of 1950s styles or Scarlet Elfin Nose with her over-the-top flair for glitter and tinsel? Watch to find out. <laughs> oh, you only did three of the names? I, well, it was, the, it was the final three. I got us to the final three, and also we had to start recording. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I had written down, uh, you know, one contestant eliminated, final three left. I'm like, okay, I just get, gotta get three in because it is 8.04 and we were supposed to start at eight. Wow. How'd you guys do that? <laughs> well, we've done this seven years in a row. <laughs> All the ideas are gone. I don't I don't think we can do this anymore. Clearly. <laughs> when, with, when you gave us fit for Christmas and well-suited for Christmas, I kid you not, these were the last two I wrote. I was wandering around the house saying, these are both going to be stories about tailors. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know what to do with this besides tailors. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I really uh, thought I had something with well-suited for Christmas. Todd, this is the one I was struggling to, like, finish those names as we as you were on the call and we were supposed to be recording. Unbelievable. I'm astounded at you guys putting together those those similar. <laughs> Andrew, can you tell us what the actual well-suited? Maybe just just jump yeah. to the the fullest summary that, okay. that we have here. <laughs> All right, that's the that's the lifetime. But I will have to point something out about one of the shorter summaries. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So the lifetime, mylifetime.com, fashion designer Rachel Rocca uh, lands a spot in a design competition to create a tuxedo for one of the city's most eligible bachelors, Brett Stone, for a Christmas charity gala. As Rachel begins to unthread his well-spun public image, she discovers the true reason behind his Christmas charity and and find themselves falling in love. There should be a they in there. There's a little uh there was a little a little wordplay there. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that wordplay. Someone I someone cared. It. Someone yes. put a little effort into that. Well done. Yes. Uh now, in the short one on TV Insider, this illustrates I I don't know who the writer is for it, but I think they wrote several of these summaries. Because in our seven films, three of them in their one sentence summary start with sparks fly. (laughs) (laughs) They could not get away from that to save their life. So in this case, sparks fly between a fashion designer and one of the city's most eligible bachelors as she creates a tuxedo for him for a Christmas gala. Well, but but they just like when you've got one sentence and it's going to be a romance anyway. You just throw it in there. Like, sparks, sparks fly. fly. Sparks fly. Okay. Sparks fly. Whatever. I mean, well suited for Christmas is obviously a title that leads to this story. That that is undeniable at this point. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and the fact that the real one is is a, <laughs> is, is a competition. It's yeah. not. It's not a reality TV competition, but it's a design competition for yeah. creating, you know, a Christmas specific outfit. So that is kind of wild. I I do not feel okay picking between the two of yours. It, that seems fair, actually. I was going to say, I think this one could be a wash, Todd. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm okay with a tie unless you think mine was way better. <laughs> I, if, if the rest of the game comes down to a tie, I think Todd gets a marginal point for completing more names. Oh, I had the I had a host and two ju- or a judge and two hosts. Did you did you have Okay, I've just written that down. Todd tiebreaker. <laughs> Wait, how about this? <laughs> At the end, if we're tied, we each have to read our list of names and as soon as Andrew laughs, like how many names in does Andrew laugh? That's that's the the tiebreaker. Okay. Uh, I mean, I've just said Todd, but okay. I, I just said Todd. I know, that's why I'm trying to change the rules. That's a uh, I mean, but, but ultimately that depends on it coming down to a tie otherwise. So that was incredible. I just want to say that was incredible. Amazing. It's amazing (laughs) that you guys did that. All right. Uh, Who's, who's turn? Am I, am I going You're up. You're up. Also, also a great movie. Like both of you submitted that. And I was like listening to Todd's and I was like, this is pretty fantastic. This sounds like a lot of fun. And then Joseph started leading (laughs) into his, I was like, Oh no, what am I going to do? But, but I think a a top notch movie pitch. Okay. 
All right. Uh, our next one that I'm going to choose is Mary Textmas. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Mary Textmas. Eager to differentiate itself from competitors by offering an interactive story experiment, Cineholoflix Access Plus announced Mary Textmas, in which viewers could text in suggestions for plot beats and character choices in an improv Christmas special. The show began with polls where viewers could vote about aspects of the main character. Would she be A, a single career woman who had forgotten the meaning of Christmas? Or B, a single career woman who won't go home to her small town for Christmas? Or C, a widowed woman whose husband died at Christmas time and she can't engage with the season? Or D, a single woman who loved Christmas and lives in a small town but has no romantic prospects in town? As the story progresses, the audience is given more poll options, such as when she does go back to her small hometown does she have a slightly antagonistic but also slightly flirty interaction with a a rugged single christmas tree farmer who recently became a widower b a rugged single owner of a struggling quaint bed and breakfast c a, a rugged single town mayor who recently became a widower or d a rugged single owner of a struggling quaint inn however the actor's <laughs> skills are tested when the plot begins <laughs> However, the actor's skills were tested when the plot became open to viewer suggestions about obstacles. When prompted to suggest what secret the man should be keeping that is preventing him from fully committing to the relationship, viewers flooded on-screen suggestion box. The on-screen suggestion box with ideas like, he's a serial killer. He's secretly an alien. He's one of the three wise men in a mortal form charged with protecting the future (laughs) Christmas princess. Naturally, the viewers upvoted, he is the Grinch, but shaved to the top, and the actor had to adjust his performance accordingly. And the chaos ensued. Wow. <laughs> that was really good. <sighs> I got to I got to get a lead Todd. <laughs> it's like Mary Texmas. I, I think I might have something here. Uh, well, we'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out what kind of a mood Andrew is in right now. Mary Textmas is a blend of film and chat fiction, which are stories told entirely through chat messages. All of the main characters are deaf, and their only way of communicating with each other or other people is through sign language or by texting. It tells the story of Mary, spelled like Mary, M-E-R-R-Y, a teenager who gets in a fight with her parents on Thanksgiving and storms out of the house and then goes missing. The action then is driven as the detectives, one of whom is also hearing impaired, interview and interact with the parents, friends from school, and other members of the town to unravel the mystery, which unveils a twisted conspiracy involving school administration and town hall. It's like Broadchurch meets A Quiet Place meets The Killing, but with more Christmas. <laughs> that I'm never going to watch that. <laughs> that would places I did not expect. No. Wow. <laughs> so dark. <laughs> I know that was really dark. <laughs> that was Whoa. that was the one that I was writing while you were writing uh, "Well Suited for Christmas," wow. and I just kept thinking, uh, "Nope, I can't make this." Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, this was Andrew, another. What's the the real plot for Mary Textmas? I'll this... just go ahead and write Joe. <laughs> uh, so this was a sparks fly, and. <laughs> I love uh, that summary. I think something that you're not ready for is yeah. not only does this have to do with text messaging, mm-hmm. it is also a Tex-Mex. Mm. So from mylifetime.com, Gabby Diaz is an app developer from Austin, Texas, and the last unmarried sibling in her very close and very traditional family. Every year, the Diaz family gathers at Abuela's house in Oaxaca, Mexico, a town renowned for its 12 challenges of Christmas, which playfully ignites the entire town's Christmas spirit. When Gabby accidentally adds Alex Alvarado, a handsome graphic designer who's lost touch with his own Mexican roots to the family group chat, her well-meaning family decides to secretly invite him to join them in Oaxaca for Christmas. As they begin to play matchmaker for Gabby and Alex, can the Diaz family help Gabby and Alex recognize that each of them is actually the other's perfect Christmas present? All right. You you said the 10 what of Christmas? The 10? The 12 challenges? 12 challenges of Christmas? Yeah. You know, See, well, sort of well-known feature in Oaxaca, Mexico, yeah. right, Joseph? <laughs> if, yeah. if you were doing an an improv, uh, uh, you know, Christmas story, as soon as you mentioned the twelve challenges of of Christmas, immediately someone would say, "List them." <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, this uh, this does ultimately go to Joe. I think improv Christmas movie with 
uh, social media suggestions sounds amazing. Uh, just get the uh, the old Who's Line gang back together. Oh, man. See, this uh, is not the first time that I've tried to go dark on, on the Christmas <laughs> thing. And, and there's just I, I kind of know like I, I know that it's a point that I'm I'm essentially just giving away. But uh, but you need to get it out. You don't want to keep that in, Todd. I actually really would like to watch this, but uh... okay. Part of this whole game beginning is actually at some point, my sister and I had said something about something happening under the light of the Christmas tree. I'm like, oh, sounds like a Hallmark movie, and then we made it into a body being found under a Christmas tree. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, it was like a murder mystery. Yeah, uh-huh. but, yeah. but like a fun one. Yeah, yeah, like a, a not, cozy murder mystery. Yeah. Not Brudge. Yeah, no, this was not. This was not. I couldn't. I couldn't. Dad I made couldn't a pre- bring, prestige murder mystery at Christmas. I wanted. I wanted to. I thought you're not going to get a point going to Broadchurch meets a quiet place meets the killing. <laughs> but <laughs> then I looked back at the title and saw that it was called Merry Textmas, and I was like, oh boy, I've really lost the thread. <laughs> But at that yeah. point, there you was know. no stopping. You know, so ma- this year, ma- I literally, uh, as, we, as we were like, this was coming up. I thought to myself, I need to write a murder mystery this year. Then I got the list of titles and said, not this year. <laughs> yeah, well, but, that was uh, that was Todd, that was wisdom. Todd took it and, and made mayor of Christmas Town. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Andrew, Andrew, I want you to know I, I did catch that. and I appreciated it. Yeah, thanks. Did my turn. Uh, who picked that? I think oh, I, yeah, I, I, I picked that one. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Faith Heist, a Christmas caper. So just the so listeners get it. Faith Faith Heist colon a Christmas caper is the full title we're working from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This film is also known as the Inception Holiday Special. And it tells the story of how Dom Cobb gets the gang back together in order to carry out one more act of inception. This time, their mission is to instill faith in Rudy Dickens, who has the title for the world's most cynical person, the marketing director for a multi-billion dollar tech company. To do so, they must dive deep through many layers of Christmas dreams, starting with a nightmarish Christmas party and ending in Rudy's childhood, where she's able to remember the true magic and meaning, not just of Christmas, but of life itself. I did not have an Inception holiday special on my bingo card. <laughs> I was not expecting it even a little bit. Okay, well, you got it. All right. Here's my, uh, my plot for Faith Heist, a Christmas caper. The list is missing. You know, the list. There are only three days until Christmas, and the situation is officially code red nose. Desperate to find the list, Santa reaches out to the one boy and the one girl who can help solve this case. Nick Stocking Boy Detective and Estrella Garland Girl Reporter. No mystery is unsolved and no story is untold when Stocking and Garland are on the case. Santa brings Nick and Estrella to the North Pole to analyze the crime scene. When Tinsel Tim, the head elf of security, asks who these kids are, a musical stinger plays as Nick and Estrella stand back-to-back. Anime action lines appear behind them. Nick lifts a magnifying glass to his eye. Estrella jots a note in her pad as they say, To ensure justice, to reveal unknown truths, just call on the super sleuths. Nick immediately has a suspect. Dr. Harvey Scrooge kid PhD. Australia wonders <laughs> what the point of stealing the list would be, and they both deduce that the list was a distraction. Harvey Scrooge kid PhD, really wanted Santa's spirit of magical maker, which gives Santa his powers. And the reason it's called Faith Heist is the tagline is to steal from Santa, you have to believe in him. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. Uh, This is from Bounce TV. I I don't know anything about that. Like that's the website that has the summary here, or is that a TV channel hosting this movie? I think that's the TV channel that made this movie. I've never heard of that. I I don't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) On Christmas Eve. Pastor Benjamin and his motley crew of congregants find themselves locked in the local mall just as a fearsome team of armed thieves break in to rob the place. 
and all the money raised by the church for a worthy Christmas charity. Unable to flee or signal for help, the pastor and his friends realize it's up to them to battle the crooks, save them all, all before Christmas morning. That's almost the story that I wrote. I mean, I had a I had a stealing from a church. Yeah, at some point, Mm -hmm. I had quite a few. Some of these I had many, many versions of. (laughs) Some of them, uh, you know, started with one version and (laughs) with another. See, I, Todd, you you went Inception when you saw Faith Heist. I, for a little while, just considered, like, is this another uh, chapter in the Da Vinci Code? But then I realized I don't know the Da Vinci Code well enough to. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, I, it's called Faith Heist. The thing that got me messed up on this film is that Faith Heist, it's like stealing faith. Like, mm-hmm. I, I had a really hard time with it. I mean, I didn't really land anywhere uh, super special, but but heist got me thinking. Oh, heist! Uh, so instead of stealing faith, maybe we could be, you know, planting it, incepting it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Inception's okay. like a reverse heist. Yes, it's a reverse heist. Um, this one's super tough for me. I. Oh, man. Andrew, I just want to say six words to you. Boy detective, girl reporter, kid PhD. I think I've said my piece. Well, yeah, I mean, those were words in your summary. So, yeah, I, I was familiar with those in those yeah. in those arrangements. I'm I'm leaning Todd on this. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I consider that an upset. <laughs> that's definitely that's definitely an upset. Keeps me in the game. I had anime action lines appearing behind them as they stood back to back, Andrew. I had at the top of my uh, at the top of the the, the page where I wrote uh, all of my summaries. I I I started out with a list of the kind of stories that I wanted, mm-hmm. uh, and one of them was anime. Oh, I don't think any anime made it. <laughs> so um, I'm glad I'm glad you did. What's the What's the score at Joseph? It's two to two with a tiebreaker for me. Yeah, I have it down as three to three because there was a tie round. (laughs) The tiebreaker not yet (laughs) determined. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, And and so there are two films left. Yeah. Mm, Only two? One? Oh, boy. Wait, what do we do? Wait. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I think that there are more because uh, for one of these, I I literally, literally wrote probably half of four different summaries and i cannot <laughs> even remember which one i ended up with so all right so it feels like more to me oh i i, I think some years we've done more than seven because i it feels like this is just wrapping up far too soon i don't have a lead okay uh i'm going <laughs> to do uh i mean i there are no stakes but the competitive juices do get going yeah <laughs> play this game all right i'm gonna do six degrees of santa okay Santa Claus is dead. He fell in a terrible battle with Dark Solstice, who wanted to end Christmas forever. While the world mourns, six new Santas appear, attempting to fill the void left by the death of the legend. Number one, Chris Kringle, a young, red-haired, muscular version of Santa who dresses like a hipster. He seems to have his own code for who is naughty or nice. Number two, St. Nick is part man, part machine, but he attempts to perform Santa's traditional duties and gains access to the North Pole after the head elf accepts him as Santa. Number three, Papa Noel is a man who never claims to be Santa, but just dons the Santa suit and tries to spread Christmas cheer wherever he goes. Number four, the terrifying Krampus Kringle has a human face, but a cold, distant attitude and only is interested in punishing the naughty. Number five, Father Christmas overindulges the nice and can't bring himself to punish the naughty. Number six, Sinterklaas, a telepath who monitors the world, looking for the best and worst examples of humanity and broadcasting the names of the naughty list. (laughs) Finally, as factions and sects form around these six new Santas, and as Christmas Eve nears, the true Santa arises from hibernation where he had been recovering from his battle with Dark Solstice. He unites Chris Kringle, Papa Noel, and Father Christmas against Krampus Kringle, Saint Nick, and Sinterklaas, who it turns out were shards of Dark Solstice's soul trying to ruin Santa's reputation. Chris Kringle was a clone of Santa. Papa Noel never claimed to be Santa in the first place. And Father Christmas was an alien shapeshifter who got lost in the role of playing Santa to inspire people to be good. What? Joseph. 
Is this based off of the death of Superman? How dare you? <laughs> you think this is, that this is the cl- death of Superman and and like Steel Superboy, uh, what Eradicator, mm-hmm. Cyborg Superman? You know the the aftermath. Are you saying that the iconic story in which Superman died, the world mourned, and then four replacements Superman each tried to fill the void left by him, and people chose who they they thought was the real Superman, and then the real Superman rose from hibernation, uh, where he'd been recovering from his battle with Doomsday. You're, you're saying you think I lifted beats from that story <laughs> for six degrees of Santa? <laughs> How dare you? That's my accusation. I stand by it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not familiar with the death of Superman. <laughs> your your copy's still in the black bag. You never you never <laughs> I, read it. Yeah. I I didn't publish an, an essay called Finding Meaning in the Death of Superman. And a book called <laughs> The Ages of Superman, Essays on the Man of Steel. I think you should just keep going, Andrew. I'm I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, six, de- six Degrees of Santa. <clears throat> there are a number of theories about what Santa does during the year when he's not delivering toys to the children of the world. Some believe he spends all, uh, all his days in, in his workshop making toys. Others imagine him vacationing on a tropic island. Uh, this film tells the true story about how Santa spends the other 364 days of the year uh, doing what he does on Christmas night. Spending hope and cheer and bringing light and joy to the dark corners of the world. While Santa does enjoy flying around on his sleigh, and then the, the red suit and, and all of those other trappings, what he loves most of all is connecting people. This film tells the story of how Santa, in disguise, plants tiny seeds of kindness in six random individuals. A high-powered New York lawyer, a sheep herder in Afghanistan, a school teacher in Kenya, a high school student in Mexico, a mid-level bureaucrat in Japan, a professional soccer player in Germany. Sparked by the kindness of Santa, these six in turn act in kindness towards someone else. And those acts of kindness eventually, through six degrees, reach back to them to save them in their moment of greatest need. So this is the Uh, one. How did you just steal pay it forward? <laughs> no, I stole. Well, I wasn't thinking of pay it for it. I was thinking of a uh, uh, Babel. But how yeah. how dare you lift <laughs> from another story <laughs> from something else? <laughs> um, also, this is uh, Todd's like feel good world worldwide coming together bit. I mean, uh, sometimes that one crosses over with his documentary films. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Typically, it's the documentary style, and and in this case, it's it's. It's got the uh, the worldwide, you know, feel goodness of it without the documentary format. Yeah. Um. All right. The real one, courtesy of mylifetime.com. Uh, so many lifetime ones this this year. It's f- five out of seven. We're wow. uh, we're lifetime. Um. I can't remember if this was a sparks fly on the. Uh, I'm gonna assume yes on the TV. <laughs> uh. The what, what was it? TV Insider website, but I'm reading from Lifetime. Christmas enthusiast and single mom Harper has created a program, Six Degrees of Santa, in which anonymous Santas give a gift and set of instructions to be passed along, temporarily enjoyed, and regifted indefinitely. Her goal is to create a Christmas experience that's real life, magical, and unexpected. When Harper's own gift lands in the hands of a leading internet entrepreneur, Jason, he's convinced that the original Santa might be his soulmate. He seeks out Harper as the architect of the program to help him track down this mystery woman. And it's her. Yes. Okay. Just making sure I follow the the plot of that very brief summary you read to me. Where I was like, wait, did I lose? No. Okay. It feels kind of complicated. I mean, we've never, never done that on our, on our summaries. Uh, Overcomplicated things. I felt better about Todd's and also was less familiar with anything he was lifting. (laughs) And so it felt less plagiaristic. Okay. So the best I can hope for is a tie with a new tiebreaker rule established here at the end. (laughs) 
Um, I'm up, right? Yep, yep. Okay, this last one is called Cloudy with a Chance of Christmas. Eb, Ebenezer. Eb is not old, but he is weary. As a veteran of the war uh, in Afghanistan, he has seen his share of pain. Despite his gimpy leg and his PTSD, however, he's finally managed to land a job as a cameraman for the local news station. Because he has no family, he volunteers to work on Christmas Eve. Also working that night is Belle North, a plucky intern with a heart of gold who dreams of being a superstar reporter. When a freak blizzard hits, Eb and Belle head out into the storm to tell the story. As they travel around town, the battle-hardened Ebenezer and the plucky Belle work together to report on the story and help people impacted by the storm. Will they also find love along the way? Okay. All right. So here's my Hail Mary for two points. <laughs> the, the rare, but... What? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Just saying, if this one really blows Andrew's socks off, then, uh, you know, two points. <laughs> All right. Cloudy with a chance of Christmas. Following up on the smash success of cartoon all-stars to the rescue, which had seen Alf, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, Michelangelo Smurfs, Muppet Babies and Garfield team up to warn kids not to use drugs. The producers thought a special using Christmas characters would also reach kids to teach them important moral lessons. They could never quite agree about what moral lessons should be taught, so they included all of them. Uh, <laughs> in this special, Rudolph, Frosty the Snowman, Charlie Brown and Snoopy, The Grinch, animated and live action, Clarence the Angel, Kevin McAllister, Jack Skellington, uh, <laughs> Gizmo, Hermie the Elf, Gonzo the Great as Charles Dickens, Mr. Bean, Yukon Cornelius, Mickey Mouse as Bob Cratchit, 13 different versions of Scrooge and 23 versions of Santa Claus, and other beloved Christmas characters team up to teach kids too not be racist, to not waste food because of starving children in third world countries, to not use hairspray so the hole in the ozone layer doesn't expand, to cut ring uh, the rings of soda six-packs, uh, to not struggle if they're caught in quicksand, to not take candy from strangers, to stop, drop, and roll if you're on fire, to reject anti-Semitism, to be aware of friends having asthma attacks, to be sure their role-playing games don't accidentally lead to Satanism, to warn <laughs> about untrue rumors about HIV slash AIDS, to tell them not to join gangs, to not swim if there's lightning, to highlight the dangers of hitchhiking, to avoid eating disorders, to not shoplift a candy bar, to not rely on caffeine pills to keep studying because of overwhelming perfectionism. <laughs> that's, that's an episode of Saved by the Bell. Oh, Andrew, all of these. Are, They're all are, episodes of Saved by the Bell? What? No, no some of these are, I, I watched a montage of G.I. Joe, the more, the more you know. Uh, I, I, I read a list of special, very special episodes. Hold on, not done yet. Uh, to be wary of racial profiling by police officers. To not play at construction sites without proper safety equipment. Uh, to be careful of stampedes in crowded settings. To check the expiration date on household medicines. <laughs> to use a pen to hold the tongue of someone having a seizure. To always wear a helmet when riding a bicycle. Don't do, by the way, don't do that. Oh, I know. Not all of these are good advice anymore. <laughs> but but they were given as advice at some point in the past. Uh, oh, boy. It's coming apart. It's coming apart. <laughs> wait for it. I'm, not, I'm, I'm near the end here. Uh, let's see. Uh, to not race a train. And to have a Merry Christmas, among many other lessons. Accompanied by music by Alan Menken and Howard Shore, Cloudy with a Chance at Christmas is filled with good intentions, but it's a bit of a narrative mess, especially when faced with too little time to tell the stories they wanted to, and they mash them together so that our child protagonist is trapped in an abandoned refrigerator on thin ice as acid rain falls near downed power lines. Fortunately, Dasher, a gingerbread man, and older Phil Davis, and Hocus Pocus the Rabbit save the day. Wow. Andrew, uh, I just want you to know, Alan Menken and Howard Shore wrote the music to the actual cartoon all-stars to the rescue that I referenced at the beginning. All right. Um, Todd, do you remember cartoon all-stars to the rescue? No. no it, was, it was simulcast on every network uh, <laughs> for children to watch, and it was sent to like every elementary school in the country. <laughs> wow. It was also simulcast on every network in Australia. I found out while well, looking up information for this. So, Andrew, how about those two points? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me read off the real one first. Uh, so this is from mylifetime.com. Uh, both the IMDb and the TV Insider synopses did have sparks fly 
somewhere <laughs> in their synopsis. But the uh, mylifetime.com does not include that. A little double dip on the sparks fly. But, uh, Bridget Torres is a prominent national news weather forecaster. I don't think that's a thing, by the way. I don't think people do national weather forecasts. They don't do the whole country. They do a region, right? The that's, weather channel? It's Does, a, do they have like a national hour? But doesn't the like, guy, it's, it's a highly uh, local. It's a highly local. Al you know, Roker? Doesn't Al feature. Roker do the whole? Oh, yeah, yeah. Those, those the like whole a, country in the morning. Those morning shows. They yeah. Got, they got national weather. Good morning, America. And women, probably. I don't know. I don't oh. watch them. All <laughs> right. I just, I never think, I wouldn't think of like watching national news for my local weather. <laughs> That's fair. You, oh, but you like to know what's going on in the other parts of the country. Do, do you? Well, I look at, I look at their local news then. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay. <laughs> We're losing actually, the thread for sure. Actually, honestly, I don't care what the weather's like elsewhere. <laughs> if I need to know, my family members will tell me because they're the ones experiencing it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Bridget Torres is a prominent national news weather forecaster who comes to the magical wintry town of Leavenworth, Washington, where Christmas traditions prevail each holiday season. This year, Bridget has been asked by her network to announce a special snowcast. I do not know what that is supposed to be referencing. I can't think of a combination of words that snow snowcast showcast broadcast broadcast. I, I don't know, but a special snowcast at the annual Christmas Eve festival and has brought her boss, Lisa, along with her. Bridget's plan to shine. Bridget's plans to shine are foiled when a talk show host from her network arrives to join her for the broadcast. Drake Kincaid, as it turns out, refused to hire Bridget as his co-host for their morning show a year earlier, making tensions high. The unlikely duo soon finds themselves falling for each other. But when Bridget finally discovers why Drake didn't hire her, their romance is put to the test. This sounds like it's going to be a a bad relationship overall. This does not seem like a winning dynamic. You know what sounds winning to me? Someone taking the time to research uh, every very special episode from the the 80s and 90s. (laughs) Um, Todd, remind me what what was yours. It's completely gone because we've been a lot of there's a lot been a lot of chatter since then. Uh, this is Ebenezer, the the war vet who is a cameraman for the local news station, and he goes out with Bell North, a plucky intern, and they help people, and they report on the weather, and they find love. You might say that sparks fly. <laughs> One could say. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I'm going to go with Todd, and I'm not going to reward Joseph's gimmick. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Uh, this is this is just a, a miscarriage of justice. I can't wait for the listeners to rise up. You know, maybe I'll uh, maybe next year when I do my review, the the formal review, we'll see if things change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, that would be interesting. Like, how many how many flops like throughout the years? Like, are you flipping like from from Todd to me or from me to Todd? Like, mm-hmm. is there a winner in the number of flips that happen as you you do a a, a retrospective? Right. And that would count like me winning if it was me. Uh, but if it's Todd, then we'd just say that's it's not like a, a yeah. It's like a an eight year achievement award. Uh, yes, <laughs> not not a lifetime because there's still time. But <laughs> all right, well, Todd, congratulations on your well earned uh, win. You did you did write you know seven fake summaries, so <laughs> it's not like <laughs> you didn't earn this. It uh, it's it's a it's a pleasure. It's just fun to do this every year. And um, and uh, Todd, and, uh, I, wh- where were you like seven years ago when we started this? Like, how much has your life changed <laughs> in the seven years since we first oh, played this game? Oh man! Well, we were in. Uh, I was teaching at SUU, and I was probably just starting it. Well, I was four years. No, I was like, I was into, I was into working at SUU and we had all, I mean, I had four kids. How many do you <laughs> have now? Five. Five. Um, I don't That's know. what I, I thought. Was, and then the way you said, it, I'm like, did I miss a kid in there? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, in some ways it's changed a lot. And in other ways, I feel like not a ton has changed. I was probably branch president then. I'm branch president now. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. 
life is weird. It's hard. T- time, time is just weird. Yeah, I, I, I just love thing where it's like, ah, you know, we were living in a different house here in Utah. Emily's working full time. I was teaching part time. No, I'm teaching full time. Like a lot has changed. We're in a different house, but on the other hand, yeah, it, it, it's gone by very fast and doesn't feel like a whole lot has changed in seven years. Yeah. All right. Well, I got married and had two children with another on the that's way. Pretty so. good. <laughs> okay, you know, it has changed oh, significantly. Yeah. All right, and and you're nine to three children, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that is a that's a significant one. Possibly graduated college too. I'm trying to think, yeah, seven years ago. Where? Oh, were you still in college when we started this? Were you uh, still working at BYU Radio? I graduated you in were, 2014. You were working like BYU Radio, and or so had depending just come on off of that, yeah, I think it might have been, you know shortly after finishing college and therefore leaving the radio station and everything. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think you win the, <laughs> the yeah, college oh, yeah. marriage, <laughs> moving a couple times, a couple job changes yeah, a couple and, different jobs, right? and uh, becoming a father. Yeah. Yeah. Becoming a husband, becoming a father. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Oh, so for you, seven years feels like a lot <laughs> of transformation. Yeah. <laughs> Substantial. Yeah. There's some All milestones. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. Uh, There will be no show notes uh, on this one because it's just a fun game that we play. But please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in your podcast app of choice. And please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We'd like to thank Scott Tofty, who composed our theme music. Uh, Thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. So long. Then, on Christmas Eve, during one of these massive get-togethers, and in a moment of pure insanity, Bo confesses his feelings for Holly, for uh, Jackie, at the end of school year. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I have to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been blending something? (laughs) I totally changed the story halfway through. Including names. Including names. (laughs) Uh, I'll give you a minute to edit, and we can uh, take your read from the top. <laughs> Andrew, I think I know your outtake. Uh, well, I thought it was just a generic name thing. When you said Holly, I was like, oh, that's just like, you know, generic Christmas names. You've been writing dozens of them. At the party. Uh, Jackie's heart. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready for this again. Uh, uh, should take it from the top. Yeah, yeah. I bet that okay. never happens in the lifetime writers' room. <laughs> they just throw the wrong name in. I, <laughs> All right. No, wait. This is from the other script I've been writing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Jackie, on the other hand, attends community college and has dreams of someday starring as a model in fitness equipment commercials. <laughs> just like the specificity of that model dream. What is that sound? I have no idea. What sound? I don't hear anything. <laughs> is it from me? I I just heard a sound. Did it sound like this? Singing, it's raining men so loud. <laughs> what in the world is going on? From my end, it sounded like Megatron. I didn't hear anything. I had like a transformer voice sound. Oh you don't need to tell me who Megatron is, Andrew. Oh, no, no, no. I, like, I, I know I didn't need to tell. I think we're done. The trailer for Beast Wars looked awesome. I'm at my office at the college, and I think there were some Carolers? guys outside, like guys outside being crazy because it's it's finals week. They must be, they're, they're losing it. They've completely lost it. They're singing <laughs> It's Raining Men super loud with le- super loud music, but they're gone now. I'm going to try this one more time. Okay. From okay. the top. From <laughs> Take three.